welcome back to our study of God's Word as we're in the book of 1 Samuel. And we're talking about where Saul disobeyed God. He was told to destroy the Amalekites, everything he refused. And now Samuel comes and tells him that God has rejected him as king. But here's the key. God says to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is a great sin. It's a terrible sin. And it's one of the worst sins that we can commit is to rebel against God and to reject what God has told us to do. See, I don't think we see the significance of obedience. Obedience brings blessing. Disobedience brings difficulty and problems. Every time we disobey God, when we simply shake our fist in his face by disobedience, that's what we're doing. We don't think we are, but we are. And when we break his commandments and we say, God says, don't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, and we act in ways that are disobedient to him, we are bringing great destruction upon ourselves. Disobedience is a really important thing. It's really significant when we, when we don't obey God. All through the scriptures, we are taught the importance of obeying God. And there's an old song that, that says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that's true. If we trust God and obey him, then we will experience his blessing. And that doesn't mean life's perfect. That doesn't mean we never have a problem. That doesn't mean we, that no difficulties come into our lives. But it mean, means even in the midst of whatever comes our way, we sense God's power and presence is there for us, and we can experience him doing that. So now Samuel has said to Saul, you have disobeyed. You have rebelled. This is serious. God's rejected you, and you're going to be king as long as you live. But not your line, not your sons and your grandsons and your great-grandsons. And then Saul said, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Most who study these past, this passage, and there's more coming, don't think that really Saul was sincere. He said, I've sinned. He said, I'm sorry. But it doesn't really sound like and look like from the story that he was that sincere. And he admitted he had violated God's command and that he had done what he was not supposed to do. He begged that he be forgiven. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe, and it tore. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. He's talking about God. God doesn't lie. God doesn't change his mind. God is true to himself. Saul said again, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. God will forgive us, but the consequences of disobedience are always there. If, if a person 
goes to the bar and gets drunk and gets into a fight, and the guy he's in a fight with uh, pops him in the eye, and it causes his eye to lose its sight, even though God would forgive him for getting drunk, forgive him for getting into the, to the brawl, he still wouldn't be able to see because his eye no longer works because of what happened. You see, that's the consequences, and that's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, maybe a far-fetched uh, <clears throat> example, but that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about disobedience because disobedience always brings difficulty and when we disobey God like that, we suffer consequences. And those consequences can't be, can't be revoked usually. Now, we can be forgiven, and we can start over, and we can begin anew, and God will give us a second chance and a third chance and even sometimes a fourth and fifth chance. But consequences remain. And so it's important for us to recognize the, the significance of disobedience as it happened in the, law, in the life of Saul. And now Saul begins to know that his, his kingdom is doomed as far as his children and grandchildren are concerned. So God's going to go in a different direction. And we see that in chapter 16. God has chosen someone else to be the next king of Israel. And it will not happen until after Saul's death. God's not going to root Saul out. He's going to allow him to finish his kingdom until his death. But the Lord said to Samuel in verse 1 of chapter 16, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Then Samuel said, How can I go if Saul hears about it? He will kill me. You see, he, he already realized that Saul was an angry man. He had turned from such a, such a humble fellow in his early days when he was chosen king to really a man spiteful and angry. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said, and when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled. When they met him, they asked, Do you come in peace? He said, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, and this is, this is Jesse's oldest son, and he said, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord as he talks to God. That's what he tells God. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people the way people look at things. People look on the outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. What a tremendous lesson is found in that. Samuel saw Eliab, who was... Jesse's oldest boy, he was tall and good-looking and strong, and he just looked like a king. He looked like he could easily be a king. And he said, this must be the one, God. This must be the one you want to be king. But God said, no, he's not. He's not the one. That's not the one I want. And 
it's important for us to recognize that God looks past the physical. He looks past what we judge everything by, physical appearance and things of that type. God looks at the heart. God looks at what's inside a person. And today, as he looks at me and he looks at you, he examines our hearts. He checks out our hearts. So I challenge you to let your heart be pure and clean before him today. God bless you. Have a great day. 